0: Building The Macklin Building on Market Street, about a hop, skip, and a jump from City Hall, from the police station, from the courthouses, the downtown mall, and I'd say less than a mile from a, a site for a proposed 10-story, 130-foot tall, 242-unit apartment building that is drawing the ire of many in our community, but like so many topics we cover, embraced by many in the community. We're going to pick this apart like Thanksgiving Turkey. We're going to talk housing in this community. We'll talk up-zoning in this community. We'll talk an out-of-market developer taking a bank site and potentially converting it into luxury student housing and how we are now in the crossfire of UVA, a neighborhood association, an out-of-market developer and folks on either side of the fence. So a lot to cover on the show. You, the viewer and listener, can shape the discussion by asking us questions or telling us which direction you would like to see this project go. Our proprietary software will aggregate that commentary, and I will relay it live on air. Before we welcome our esteemed and sophisticated and well-spoken guest, Hillary Murray, to the show... I do have a little bit of news that I want to get out. And this is from the Woodbrook Elementary neighborhood. I'm hearing from teachers and parents um, at Woodbrook Elementary that unfortunately there is a COVID outbreak, which stinks because I don't know about you, but I'm so ready to put this COVID thing behind us completely. Um, And this outbreak at Woodbrook Elementary, unfortunately, has eight teachers and two students Um, in kind of a precarious position with the Blue Ridge Health District. And the Blue Ridge Health District is now officially identifying this as an outbreak. And we are being told by those um, within the school that Woodbrook is now mandating all teachers to get tested because of this outbreak. Um, I wanted to relay that information to you because I thought it was important. As a father of two, um, our children are our entire world. Um, so, Judah Wickhauer, why don't we go to the studio camera and then the two-shot and welcome, I think, a, a known commodity. I'm going to straight up say this. People know you in this town. Hilary Murray, she's a, a, a mom, a wife, an entrepreneur, a stakeholder, a chairwoman, uh, well-traveled individual. I can follow you around every day and give you this kind of introduction if you like Hillary I know uh,
1: my hype squad. Yeah,
0: I'm your hype squad right here um, For the few that don't know you please introduce yourself to the viewers and listeners.
1: Sure So my name is Hillary Murray and i am a darden university of virginia graduate um, i had gone to penn state undergrad and moved to charlottesville in 2011. so i started a business here i was a student he- here in charlottesville i've also uh, been a landowner in belmont and now lewis mountain and i have a family here so i've lived the many lives of a, of a charlottesville person as opposed to just i didn't grow up here young but i've been here for a while and now i'm um, the chair chairperson of the Lewis Mountain Neighborhood Association, which has been really fun. I have some fantastic neighbors, and we are completely surrounded by University of Virginia property.
0: (laughs) She has a fantastic neighborhood, um, for sure. Kate Shartz and Ivy, welcome to the show. The realtor, Gary Palmer, watching the program. Kevin Yancey in Waynesboro, hello. Thank you for joining us in the program. Many people watching you. Um, All right. You are the chairwoman of an established neighborhood um, that is right on the jurisdictional line of Albemarle and Charlottesville City. It's within city limits. Yes. Um, it's, if you're coming from Borshead, we're there all the time, coming from Borshead to town um, to Foods of All Nations, kind of across from the Ivy Square Shopping Center, literally in the eye of what we've dubbed the Academic Village 2.0. Yes. UVA is expanding that way, there's no question about it. But there's one particular project that's got the neighborhood. A bit frustrated, show is yours anywhere you want to go,
1: Oh sure, I mean, we have right on the truest uh, bank site we have this um, it's a very large monstrosity, and you know I think as a neighborhood, we are for building and growth and things of that nature. however, the city resources are finite, so doing buildings and in- And development in a thoughtful manner is really important to our neighborhood, and I think the city as a whole, as well as the county. I mean, we we border county land. A lot of it is owned by the University of Virginia. However, some of it is owned by a pretty prominent real estate developer here in Charlottesville, and it is concerning with what he's going to build there next. So we're constantly looking out for where's where's the housing for people that's affordable, not luxurious.
0: Um, So, Judith's dropping your phone there. If you could accept my friend request, that way I can highlight on Facebook your friends that are giving you props right now on the show. Um, I will set the stage on this project. Ten stories, 130 feet tall, 242 units, a luxury student apartment building uh, at a bank site. The address is 2117 Ivy Road. It's 1.02 acres, and it's smack dab within Charlottesville's entrance corridor. A couple of things that frustrated me immediately was the out-of-market developer highlighting that there's not going to be parking for everyone that lives there. And the out-of-market developers like, look, people that are going to live in this apartment building, they're not going to have cars. They're going to be walking. They'll be taking public transportation. I say that is um, negotiating or politicking and not an honest capacity. We went to you went to grad school. I yeah. went to undergrad there. Folks that go to UVA have cars.
1: Oh my goodness, yes. I mean, I was just interviewing some of the students. I mean, these are my babysitters. They're my neighbors, UVA students, <laughs> and most all of them have. specifically the ones that are paying $3,600 a month to live in an apartment building. And you're seeing this issue with car spots happening in the Lark and a lot of these luxury main street buildings where there was never enough parking. And then you have these, these stores like Provello, which is like a great cycle studio that people love to go to. But if you park across the street in the hotel's parking lot, you're towed and there's only three visitor spots in the whole building. I mean, they're, they're proposing 17 for this Ivy Copley development However, between building maintenance officers, people working in the cafe or whatever they're proposing for the store, it's not enough.
0: Um, I'll throw this to you. Do we think the um, the likelihood of the project um, becoming an actual reality in, in its current form is high, or you've gauge the political trade wins. You're speaking before council. You're a chairwoman of the neighborhood association. You are at the table. Sure. How do you characterize the the likelihood of this project becoming a reality?
1: So I think there's there's a lot of layers to it, right, and complexity, which we've seen. <clears throat> I mean, city council wants development. Obviously, I think the whole city would like more tax revenue in, in, in an effort to do more things for our water systems, our roads, all that wonderful infrastructure that we need highly developed here in Charlottesville. Um, but you know, I think City Council seems a little, a little bit divided, and also, um, I, you know, I can't speak for them. I hear their thoughts, but they seem to change often. So, uh, for the developers I think I think they're you know they're willing to have conversations with us and the University of Virginia to look at that plan but there's also like a money element to it If they don't have X amount of units, the project's not viable from a financing standpoint. So given design parameters, that might end up being the case because it is less than an acre of land that they're trying to put all of these units with parking on. And when you enter the the building the current way that it's designed, you're entering it from the blind curve over Copley Bridge, which, I mean, there's kids on scooters without helmets. There's no right-hand turning lane onto Ivy off of there. Um, There's only a straight lane and a left-hand Turn and they've argued that they've done a traffic study, which they did on January 24th, which was a Thursday. Um, No sporting events, not at 5 p.m. when people are coming down that road and leaving from various. UVA buildings or, you know, now that the Forum Hotel is built and finished, now that's a, that wasn't open in January. I mean, that is a hit place where people are staying. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And traffic's coming through there. I came from taking my kids to swim lessons at North Grounds Aquatic Center on UVA's property, which comes down Copley last evening at 5 p.m. And I got the red light at Ivy and the car back up. I could count 35 cars and I could, I could keep counting, but I stopped because... Kids are screaming and singing songs. So yeah,
0: because you're a mom, and mom and dad life is crazy.
1: But it's just concerning. Like, are, are they going to make a right hand turn out of that garage? Are they going to make a left hand turn out of that garage? Are they going to hit a kid on a scooter? Um, you know, people die every day, or in the emergency room. Like that, scooters without helmets is taking over our emergency rooms here.
0: She's 100 right about that. Um, Philip Dow in Scottsville, watching the program. We have multiple. We have one TV station and a local newspaper watching you on the show right now. Viewers and listeners, let us know your thoughts and comments here. What do you say to the folks that are trying to paint you as a NIMBY, a not in my backyard? It seems the antithesis of what you are because you've lived in major metro uh, markets, and I'll let you highlight which ones, um, but I, I would bet you're yeah. getting painted by some folks in that capacity.
1: Well, I think anytime anybody speaks out, you're always labeled something. So you just need to take a stance and go for what you believe in. And my passion is making the lives of Charlottesville and the people I care about better. And I, I love transient students. Don't, I, I appreciate the UVA community. I just worry that the... This building and many of the buildings that are luxury developments are getting built for the wrong reasons, instead of to support our actual community and city. Um, I'm here for for for-profit. I appreciate for-profit businesses. I have a manufacturing business that creates jobs, pays taxes, all of those wonderful things that help support cities. Um, But this specific project and other ones, I just don't think are being built with the right thought and frame of work to actually add value to our community.
0: Uh, Kate Sharts watching the program, she lives on Ivy Road. She says, if I shop at Barracks Road, Google Maps takes me exactly the way home that she is talking about. If you've driven on Ivy Road at Ivy Square Shopping Center, where Foods of All Nations is, where the tennis shop is and the university shopping center, where that car wash is, where Moses, is, where Ivy Provisions is, um, to Boar's Head, um, or heck, even up to that 250, 240X, um, where Crozet's at, it is a cluster, Especially total cluster. Total cluster. Yeah. If you're trying to take a right out of Boar's Head to come back into town, you could be waiting there for five, ten longer minutes um, with just a row of cars coming down. I would encourage anyone to try to take, come out of Bel Air gas station and go across traffic to try to come into town instead of heading west to Crozet. You are le- legitimately risking your life in playing Frogger coming out of there and it's to your point and I'll get out of your way no, you're not I necessarily I, I and I will I'm I will here, I'm here for it, it. it's not necessarily that we're opposed to housing but we're're we're, we want to prioritize infrastructure yes. to accommodate said housing anywhere you want to go on that topic
1: sure so I mean I you know before the show started we, we spoke a little bit about what can we do I mean I think just yeah, that that development where they're looking at Ivy and Copley to here is about it's about 1.3 miles maybe. So I walk downtown from Lewis Mountain, it's nice, but you know, sometimes it's freezing cold or you have a ton of things to carry or whatever and you need to take your car to drive down here today, it took me 20 minutes to go 1.3 miles, which is insane and I was you know we talked about is what if we put what if we put a light rail station at that stop people can get to all the UVA sports games very easy and get to foods of all nations all the other stores the health centers they're putting down along ivy and then you know it could stop it could stop right behind the hospital here I mean ambulance can't even make their way down main street anymore because of the traffic situation so until we have infrastructure that's going to support the growth we can't just be putting units that fit thousands of people in downtown without the plan to support how we're going to get people moved around the city.
0: Mr. DL watching on Twitter, one of our top-ranked viewers and listeners, Deep Throat is his moniker, Amazing. has something for you here. Um, how has the experience of being a neighborhood association chair of a neighborhood with fairly unified view on a project dealing with the city changed your view in any way of the following? 1. whether the city listens to its citizens. 2 the competence of neighborhood development services staff, and three, the relative juice, and he's giving you some props right here, of citizens and developers in this town. And I can do those one at a time. Why don't we start with number one, whether the city listens to its citizens.
1: I haven't had enough experience with city council to say that they do or do not listen to their their citizens. I, I planning commission, I think is different story. I think uh, they hired someone that is a third party from out of town and many of the times they developed plans and rezoning that didn't even fall into like what could even be rezoned for instance the Catholic Church that is up on Alderman they had rezoned for apartment buildings and it's owned by the Catholic Church it's, it, it can't be bought right now like it's university and the church property um, so just having developers and people from out of town that have actually never walked the street you can't expect them to develop a thoughtful plan if they've not experienced anything in the city so how
0: about two his yes. second question um, The competence of neighborhood development services and its staff.
1: I haven't really worked with them either. Okay. Except except through planning. I mean, talk to planning commission. That's it.
0: Um, And then the relative juice of citizens and developers in this town. And I'll add some context to that. You guys, you know, and this is me speaking here. Lewis Mountain's a prominent neighborhood. Uh, You guys have heavy hitters living in this neighborhood, you included here. You have an entire neighborhood galvanized and organized and strategized against this project. Do you feel that that um, momentum or movement is going to create tangible results?
1: I I would, first off, we are not against the development. We are against the development in its current form. So I think there's a very, we are not, we are are for making changes. We are for a growing city. Uh We are not for... Um, a tower well I mean if a tower is done in a thoughtful manner where it's actually in a spot where the infrastructure supports it then that's fine but so it's not I'm not a NIMBY not in my backyard and neither is the entire neighborhood association we're more so is this the right way to do it when we have all these other problems that we've never addressed here in Charlottesville and that one of those being infrastructure with with our roads and sewer systems and city lighting I mean Uh we had a donation from an individual to put lights all over the city and the city said no to it Um, you know we need help here.
0: Uh, Philip Dow says, how will this unit support electric vehicles? More and more are being built. We'll table that for now because I don't think we're quite yet at that stage of the development. Yeah. Three media outlets watching you, Hillary, on this talk show. Um, all right. I'll throw this to you. Okay. Brian Pinkston, at the meeting you spoke, had, first I thought he was in an awkward position. Sure. Counselor Pinkston, who's come on the show many times, is employed by UVA. Yes, yes. He is a counselor who's casting a vote on a project that UVA is vehemently against, yeah. opposed to. Um, and he earns a paycheck from the university while earning a paycheck from the city while also pushing upzoning through. I mean, he, yeah. I, from my standpoint, Counselor Pinkston, who I have tremendous respect for, should recuse himself completely from this vote. That's just my, my opinion. He mentioned something that I thought was odd. That the developer and the University of Virginia should get together and meet and talk about this project. He, and I'm paraphrasing here, but it's an accurate paraphrase that the out of market developer and UVA should talk, so basically they are aligned with what this project could be. Sure. What'd you make of that?
1: I mean, the thing is, we've already, the UVA has already talked with the developers. You, uh, uh, Lewis Mountain Neighborhood's talked with the developers, and, you know, we've talked with UVA. I think it's it's not that no one's trying to work together. It's more so what is trying to get accomplished and how it's trying to get accomplished in a way that is thoughtful and meaningful. And also with the plan, with the city's Plan of how to increase development is. I mean, they've said along the corridor it should only be, you know, five stories, and then you have a ten-story building being requested. It just does it's not in line with what they are saying should be the design parameters. So I mean, it was it was it was bizarre. A little bit because but it, it already happened and also UVA shouldn't have to build the architectural plans for a developer unless that developer is gonna pay them. UVA is a business too. Yeah, it's sure. a not for profit government entity of the Commonwealth of Virginia, but it's a business. And Alice Raucher, she's awesome. She deserves time paid if she's gonna put the effort into redeveloping the architectural plant who are getting paid by this rich person who owns a lot or whatever it is it's just not I don't think it's fair that he suggested that when it had already happened I mean I think I think the neighborhood should have also been suggested with someone that they should have talked to not just UVA UVA is not the only neighbor there we are also a neighbor, and so is everyone here that drives down Ivy Road.
0: Alice Rauscher, who, sh- who Hillary references is the architect for UVA, she also spoke at council meeting, and it got a little snippy between the out-of-market developer and Miss Rauscher, who I have tremendous respect for. She's come on this program in the past. Um, if this project does not move forward and it's... Full or in its proposed capacity, yes. And I'll reiterate what the proposal is: uh, ten stories, 130 feet, 242 apartments. The developers basically indicated we're not going to be able to make it work here because we need this amount of apartments to justify the cost of construction. Sure. So the ye- the yes in my backyard faction, yeah. um, or the urbanist nonprofit, livable Charlottesville. Has indicated that the University of Virginia is, and on the record, they've said that the University of Virginia is trying to kibosh this project, so they can then, in a later inning or a later stage, go and buy this 1.09 acres, 1.02 acres for their own development purposes. I
1: thought it was only 0.96, but I must be wrong. We'll
0: call it. We'll, we'll call it an acre.
1: Um, you know, all is fair in love and war, right? The UVA is is. Mm-hmm. Can literally buy the whole city if they would like to, um, and they have one of the largest endowments of any university. Um, so. Do you think that's what they're doing? No, I don't no. think I okay. honestly like I, I don't think, you know, ideally they obviously they would probably love to have that property. It sits between all the other properties they own alive along Ivy Corridor. Um that's why I mean it's such a money-making piece of land. To be honest, I wonder if the owner and the developers even have the money to get the project done and are just trying to drive up the price of real estate here and hopeful that UVA would buy it. I mean, that seems like what they're trying to do. They're going through a a large um <laughs> circus to get there but that seems where it's going I, I don't know if uva would buy it i mean
0: i've proposed that as well on the show i've heard others propose this and i'll break down what she just said yeah. there um that the developer is proposing a tower of this magnitude to drive up interest um into this piece of property that they own to the point where eventually the the university is going to offer them a bag of money and they're going to say all right i'll take it we're out yeah And and that very well could happen. Um, John Blair, we'll get to your comment here in a matter of moments. A lot of comments are coming in here. Popular, all good uh, or bad, uh, both sides, both sides. Um, Popular lady on the on the program here. Um, This one's come in, um, and this one's from someone who is very much a yes in my backyard. This is Thomas. Who is a tenant, a renter who often comments on our show? If we don't have additional housing like this, and if we allow the University of Virginia to buy a project like this, it's just gonna take housing off rolls and it's gonna make the cost of living even more expensive for all of us. We need additional housing, even if it's luxury student housing. Do I like that it's 3,000 plus per apartment? Absolutely not. Who can afford that except without mom and dad's credit card? However, that's clear it's going to open up housing on different ends of the spectrum and at lower price points for those of us that need it.
1: Fair. Um, I I hear that, and I think, you know, UVA is also moving to have, like, more housing on campus. And so I think houses are already opening up in town and in the city. And um, I don't think – I think UVA is just going to keep getting – Bigger and add more schools, as you're seeing with all these new buildings they're building. So I don't know whether or not this specific spot for a developer to make thousands and I mean hundreds of millions of dollars and only contribute like two percent of what they're supposed to to affordable housing. I don't think that's the answer.
0: Uh, John Blair watching the program. Here's a guy that is is tied to running the city of Stanton. Uh, John Blair is. Number two in our family of viewers and listeners, you heard from number one, Deep Throat. Now here's number two, John Blair. Jerry, I'd like to thank Miss Murray for appearing. I'm curious if she thinks one of the issues related to Ivy Road is the fact that for so many people, Ivy Road is the gateway to UVA off Route 29. A serious issue related to infrastructure appears to be the continuing growth of UVA student body, but the main transportation corridor to the school is exit 118 off of 29 right onto Ivy Road, and there has not been any alternative. To create a separate access point to Main Grounds off Twenty Nine. Your thoughts on that topic?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I agree that that is exactly the problem. Like, I, I don't let my, I don't let I don't let my I don't walk my children on Ivy Road because there's so many people. I mean, people die at that intersection. There's been people killed on bikes. There's been people killed on scooters. I mean, it's not safe. Um, everyone comes off the 118 exit. You do have the other exit, but it's only it's only an entrance onto North Grounds. It's not a. It's you can't get. Back on 250 going southbound on 20, um, yeah, on 250, no 29. Which one is it? Anyway, yeah, that quarter. Right, we know what you're talking about. Yes. Um, I just don't know where they would put. An entrance. I mean, right now you have it by where the Manning building is going to go. What is that place called, Fontaine Park?
0: Yeah, Fontaine Research Park. I mean,
1: you can take that, but then you're on JPA and there's all those houses, but the road is much bigger there where you could do two-way there as well, but no one comes in that way. Everyone goes 118 because that's what it's marked on the highway.
0: Uh, this is uh, on the other side um, of the uh, fence from your perspective. It's from Jennifer who watches the program quite often. She says, I'm curious, and she's a yes in my backyard mentality, she says, "I'm curious of your guest's um, opinion and the neighborhood's perspective on the proposed upzoning. I would imagine they are very much opposed to it, but please ask your guest, Jerry, this question."
1: Well, I think some of the upzoning calls for um, like five, you know, five floors high, um, five units to a parcel in our neighborhood, uh-huh. and some of it's calling for, like, I can make my house is like, in the dead center of the neighborhood, so it could technically be, like, a vape shop if I wanted it to be. Um, so, yeah, you know, maybe that's how I'm going to, you know, make some money next uh, once we get rezoned. But, you know, this That was it-
0: Deep Throat, and uh, <laughs> Deep Throat and, and some of his uh, colleagues that put that visual rendering together that yeah. circulated around the interwebs. Yes.
1: We, but, I mean, like, so... You know, I think there are already people that have, there are definitely a lot of people in our neighborhood that are not don't live here. They just own the property to hold on to it in hopes that it's going to get up-zoned. And, you know, change is going to happen. It's inevitable. I don't think our, you know, I can't speak for the whole neighborhood whether or not they're upset. There are some people who, you know, are in their 60s, 70s, and 80s and have retired and are living in our neighborhood and have been living there for 50 years and their taxes have gone up 30, 50%. you know specifically over the past three years you get luxury student housing people can't afford to live in the city of charlottesville anymore because of how big their tax bill and how valuable their land is you know so there's a good thing but the supply and the economics are getting a little bit crazy and so you know some people who have chosen to retire in that neighborhood are going to have a five foot story i mean a five floor story building in their backyard instead of a tree and you know that's part of a growing city um, so there are some people that are obviously upset about that I can't speak about it right now that's not happening this moment So we're just attacking one thing at a time.
0: I want to highlight Curtis Shaver watching the program, friend of the program, former chef at Peloton Station. Aaron King over at Feast, hello. Thank you for watching. Andre Xavier, the travel entrepreneur, welcome to the show. Jeffrey Fogel, activist attorney. Neil Williamson, president Free Enterprise Forum. Thank you kindly for joining us on the show. Kevin Higgins in Greenwood, thank you for joining us, just to name a few. Um, Here's an interesting comment, Um, And and... With something like this, you're going to get both sides. I can't wait. Uh, it's from Kelsey. She says, the Lewis Mountain neighborhood, those who purchased in the Lewis Mountain neighborhood, bought next to a quarter that was primed for commercial development. Did they not see this coming when they purchased their homes?
1: I think a lot of people that have, most people who actually own homes have owned them for a lot of years. I mean, like, there's, there's the a family up the street. They're 90 years old, and they have lived there since like nineteen fifty. So uh, do you foresee that? Not everyone does. And everybody's lived in Manhattan. Uh, some people have lived. You have. I have. I've lived yeah. in Boston. i lived in Manhattan. I've lived in Los Angeles. i lived in Philadelphia. Like I've seen how these things can play out. And um, so, you know, I'm thoughtful. Did I buy my house with the notion that I am in a potential spot that can be upzoned? Yes, I did. When I bought my house in Belmont, it was right on Hinton Avenue across from the tire store. I own those three lots. They built a $1.5 million house on one of my lots. Like, I bought because I loved Belmont, and I knew that that was changing, and it was the right place to buy. You know, I think there's different reasons people buy real estate. It's also one of the neighborhoods you can walk to everything. So If you're a professor at UVA, um, you're you know, working at the hospital. You can, live in, you can live and walk to work, which is great. Um,
0: How about this question? Neil Williamson first. We'll get to his comment. President, Free Enterprise Forum. He says... for, to clarify, with Hillary, the buy right vape shop option in residential zones has been removed or pulled from the proposal. Okay. Um, so he has that for us. Thank um, you. Thank you, absolutely, Neil Williamson. We love your website, the Free Enterprise Forum, and we encourage all the viewers and listeners to support his nonprofit. Viewers and listeners, if you have questions, put them in the feed. I will relay them live on air. This is an, uh, an, an interesting one for you. I can't wait. Um, and it's both sides here. That's what makes the show good. <laughs> Um, what is her take on the future of Lewis mountain? It seems like the university is not only spreading that way, but it seems like the neighborhood is not going to be what its current form is for much longer. Um, what does she think Lewis mountain is going to look like in 10 to 15 years?
1: Does he mean like the actual mountain with the house on top?
0: No, your neighborhood. And Uh, it's, it's a her.
1: Oh, yeah. 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 Um, I mean, yes, I think it's gonna be totally different. There was just two apartment buildings. Um, that were just like uh, duplexes, but two on each lot. It was two separate lots, uh, and they just sold for over nine hundred each for these little lots. And they're going to definitely be torn down. And, and you know, there's going to be buildings. You see people buying smaller houses and bulldozing them and building like Arlington or Alexandria. Um,
0: to talk about mansions. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So yeah. I mean, it is what it is. It's going to change. It's more, I, what I care about most is, like, what's the infrastructure that the city's going to be put in place to support this? And UVA also needs to partner with them with infrastructure support, which you've seen along Alderman. They literally tore it all up and redid all, like, the water and sewer lines this, the past summer. Yeah. Um, I mean, those also, I don't know if they just focus on the university, but there's definitely properties that are in between that they have to touch. So, you know, it's not just, it's everyone. we got to work together.
0: Um, this is an interesting follow-up to that on a different, we're, so we're airing on 15 Facebook pages. This is on a different Facebook page. Some uh, Facebook page does she I know, it's hard to keep up. You, you have a following, and we're talking about a lightning rod issue here, clearly. Um, does the follow-up question says, does she think the neighborhood is going to become uh, predominantly student housing and student rentals eventually, and at that point, will she look to exit or sell her property? I mean Because you have kids. I have kids: Yeah, yeah. yeah
1: I mean. Yeah, I like to be able to walk. I walk to the farmers market downtown at the X. From Lewis Mountain, yeah. And the stroller, I just put them in there and walk. Like, what's
0: the path you take?
1: I go, I go through campus. Okay. Down past the rotunda, down past photos, along Main Street, all the way down Main Street to the old Lewis and Clark and Sacagawea statue. Yeah, yeah. And then I turn right, and then and um and then right where the firehouse is, turn left. And, and then I walk back. The walk, the walk back is a little hard. I was
0: going to say, dude. So you, she clearly is a Manhattan, Los Angeles, yeah. and Boston yeah. experienced individual. How long is that one-way walk to the farmer's market it's not running? That, it's
1: like, it's like. 35, 40 minutes. It's not bad Okay. Yeah, it's easy.
0: There you go. It's
1: easy. It's, they're just getting heavier. You know, my children get heavier. Every yeah, they,
0: they have a tendency to grow. They're growing. They're Thank growing God, your they're kids. They're
1: growing, but um, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's good. It's fun, and and they love it. They get to see everything, and they, they always ask me why the statues got taken down. It's a hard question to answer for a four- and five-year-old.
0: That's a topic for a different <laughs> show right there. Um, I get that question as well from my five-year-old, so I'll throw this to you. I'll follow up. Do you yes. think the future of Lewis Mountain is student housing? I
1: hope the future of Lewis Mountain is not student housing because the reason Lewis Mountain started back in the day, there was, like, a golf course there. There was houses there. It was people's homes who, like, worked and lived in the city and the university, Um, and right now it is a really wonderful mix of – a lot of people have like efficiencies like in Belmont I had an efficiency that I rented out to a woman who worked and it was an affordable housing option and so like you know there's a person who lives behind me who is a professor at the university and he has a basement unit that he could rent out and rent out at a price that is not $3,700. So like, what we've asked for is more zoning that allows for people to have these auxiliary units that are allowed to be rented out um, for the year, not just Airbnb, because we do have a pretty big Airbnb. Not problem, but situation. I think
0: background. we have a problem. Okay. I'll, I'll straight up say it. I think we have an Airbnb problem. And I don't think the city has the capacity or the manpower, the human capital, to police the the Airbnbs that are going, I mean, technically against the law. I mean, the law indicates that you have to live in the house for 180 days. Yeah. Um, and there's, and I'm, I'm not trying to throw shade or rat anybody out but there's a handful of folks that own a number of Airbnbs in the area, and they can't just possibly live in a house 180 days times five or six iterations. Yeah. It's just it's, yeah. and, and it's breaking the law, but the city cannot police it because the capital is not there, human, to police it. Rob Neal, welcome to the show. Catherine Lochner, welcome to the show. A lot of people watching you right here. Um, this is an interesting conversation or an interesting uh, question for you. Has she sold her properties in Belmont? And if she did sell her properties in Belmont, does she realize that she made a killing because of that upzoning potential that allowed her to sell for top dollar?
1: So I, I bought my properties in Belmont in 2013, okay. and I sold them in 15, uh, okay. 17. So I was there okay. for, what, like five years, not even. Okay. I, had moved, I had a factory in Woolen Mills, and I moved my factory... From, which was Aldemar County, but I moved it from Woolen Mills to Philadelphia because I could have 12 times the capacity. Okay. Getting produce down to Charlottesville was like $20 extra per case just because of our location. Um, long story short, I sold it when I moved to Philadelphia. So, I mean, did I make what I could have made if I held on to it a little longer? No. Did I make money from five years? Yes. Yes.
0: So the follow-up question for me then, um, with that exit that you had in Belmont, which it sounds like you did very well. I did uh, did fine. You did? Okay, did fine. We'll leave it at did fine. Um, (laughs) Made money. (laughs) Made money, right? And as a small business owner, that's what we got to do. Exactly. Uh, We know firsthand. Um, So I'll throw this to you. Um, Won't the upzoning that's on the horizon and the position of where you're at Allow you to potentially do the same—is it like potentially having your cake and eating it too type of scenario? Sure, but the thing you see is, what I'm saying? But we don't want to yeah. move. That's the thing. Okay. And
1: the fact that our taxes, like my taxes last year, were 30 percent less. My neighbors that are eight, that are just are 77 and 82. Like they've lived there forever. They were they're now retired professors from UVA. Their taxes are going up. Theirs went up 50 percent. Right? They bought their house so long ago. This is where they want to stay. This is their home. And these people that thought that they could retire on X, Y, Z can't anymore because their tax bills are getting so crazy because there's more luxury housing being built. Everything's changing.
0: Uh, this is a great question. Uh, get ready for this one. Christopher, thank you for this. What is your guest take on the Planning Commission? Does she feel like they're activists on the Planning Commission as opposed to stewards in the community? It seems like the Planning Commission has ramrodded soding down our throats, it is not true stewards of what is best for Charlottesville. Wow.
1: I couldn't agree more with
0: that. You agree with that one? Okay, go ahead.
1: No, I just feel like the planning commission. Man,
0: this is a this is a host dream over here. She doesn't hesitate from any question whatsoever. Go ahead. I
1: mean, I think planning commission is my one of my first statements is that they hired a third party out of DC. Who She's talking to
0: the consultants. Yes, yeah. who've
1: actually never visited here. You have someone like uh, Rory. I can't think of his last name. Rory
0: Solzenberg watches the program.
1: Oh, he's on now.
0: Yeah, Rory, I, I can um, I can add him on Twitter if you want <laughs> if you want him to watch.
1: So I feel like these are a lot of anyone first off whoever just asked that question you can apply to be on the planning commission absolutely like right now there's slots open like let's all go to like our city council site and let's all put our names in to ask to be a part of these important things that we aren't we're, we're watching this show which is really important because jerry does a great job like in bringing these issues live but like instead of just sitting on your computer watching us like go and apply for these positions and like get out there and make a change it's really disheartening. There's some great people in Planning Commission, but there are some people that are not, have not been outside of Charlottesville. And you've got to explore other cities, you've got to see what they've done, done right, done wrong. Um, And like I said, this is a finite resource here. With UVA owning the majority of it, we got to do it right. We we don't have any room for error. We can't screw up.
0: Bill McChesney on McIntyre Road. We've dubbed him the mayor of McIntyre on the talk show. He says the consultants used a template to make their presentations. They had no sense of time and place when it came to Charlottesville, Virginia, echoing what you said. How about a follow-up on, and I'm seeing this from multiple people, the activists on commission. Yep your take on that and if you can uh unpack that a bit more um
1: i mean i, I think that they are s- I'm, a, I'm a business person i look at everything as like a whole economically okay because every decision you make uh-huh. catalysts to a different sure. something else yeah um so i think a lot of times and, you know, it's changed. People's opinions have changed. Their viewpoints, they've been more willing to listen. Um, you know, some of them have said, have said really awful things about our neighborhood associations because we've requested... Some of
0: them have labeled folks not only in your neighborhood, but in other Mending prominent neighborhood as racists. Yes. You've heard that. I have. Yeah.
1: Um, and I think... I think teach their own, but if you're in a position where you've been chosen to be on a planning commission, you shouldn't go throwing around names of people. You should handle yourself with more decorum and respect for others.
0: So that's uh, that's in reference to Mr. Stolzenberg there.
1: No, I'm just saying. I just think that's how you should, you know, I think anyone in any position, hypothetically. Well, he did do that. Yes, I know. So I'm just saying with respect. (laughs) But you're in a position of power. You are literally having the ability to, like, you you should be doing your job with, like, the utmost integrity because city council's relying on you to, like, present them with something that is legitimately going to change the way we live. And you get, you know, we get one shot every, what, how many years? But, like, once you start doing it, you're kind of, Going down a rabbit hole that can't you can't get yourself out of.
0: Why do you think the um, what the planning commission proposed to council is being walked back in some capacity by council?
1: Because uh, council is is doing a good job listening to everybody that is is saying you know hey let's also look at this. Yeah. I didn't think about it. I, I don't. I mean, I don't know enough of what that why they're walking back, but I think they they have. I know that a lot of my neighbors have written them, and they have answered their emails, which is nice.
0: Uh, Mayor Snook, who watches the program routinely, is one that certainly very much fits that mold. Uh, I was watching earlier, and I always invite any of the counselors or supervisors that are watching to offer comments on the show. Um, I'll throw this to you. What is the the role of Albemarle, do you think, and the University of Virginia when it comes to housing? Albemarle's got 5% of its entire county allocated for development. And we've had multiple supervisors, McKeel, Price, and Galloway, come on this show and say, we're not going to expand the 5% until the developmental area is at full capacity. And we also know the University of Virginia is is the largest property owner in Charlottesville and Almaro, and they're not paying taxes because it's put in a nonprofit, which just raises the burden on all of us as property owners and homeowners, commercial building owners. What is the role of Almaro and UVA?
1: Well, I mean, I think with UVA, like, them not paying taxes is, like a, is, a, is a huge luxury that should not be a handout forever. And, I mean, that, that's more of, like, a Richmond Governor Yunkin. We need to get him here on this talk show and be, like, what can we do? At least, like, an infrastructure pot, right? They don't need to be paying for everything. They're, they have their own police force. They have a lot of things that do contribute. They do, they do pave a lot of roads. They do make sidewalks and bike lanes. And, like, there are things that UVA contributes to the community. Well, by. there are
0: our entire economy,
1: yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. And so, yeah. the, and, and guess what? People that work for UVA pay taxes. Right, right. They pay income tax. Yeah. So at the end of the day, like, the city is not just like, they just don't pay real estate tax, right? So what is a different way we could tax all these transient students coming in, um, you know, all of these Airbnb people? Like, there's a lot of ways we can, we can get tax revenue from UVA in addition to just, like, they're not paying property tax. I think it's a pretty poor argument. UVA is a good partner. Um, they're always willing to have a conversation, and that, to me, means they're a good neighbor. Uh, when you have the development company, they did one thing at the church. Uh, they nicely said hello to me. They saw me at Ivy Provisions the Monday before um, that city council meeting.
0: Okay.
1: He comes up to me, and I was like, whoa, totally shocked because I couldn't believe he recognized me.
0: He recognized you in the sandwich line of Ivy Provisions.
1: Well, I was sitting down at a table. He actually came up to me, the developer okay. from Chicago.
0: Get out of town. And I
1: was like, oh, hey, great to see you. Like, where do I know this person? And he's great. He's a really nice guy. Um, but this is the
0: apartment tower developer. Yes. Recognized you from speaking before council where you were. No, anti- he,
1: he recognized me from the church meeting like six months ago or whatever it was. I wrote him an email. It was really nice. I said, if you need any help. The I one know. who
0: had the tiff with, uh, with Alice, Alice Rauscher. Yeah. Yeah. Get out of town. Yeah. And you were like, oh, my God, I'm and having a sandwich. Day, he was like, hey. Yeah. And
1: he was, and then he was great. He, I said, you know, I'm really so concerned about the parking. Like yeah. students, you only have like 100 parking spots for 277 units. Yeah. All these students have cars. Yeah. And rich people, these rich students have cars. I mean, listen, there's some students on scholarship. They also have cars. Well, no,
0: no, no. no. But I'll, I'll echo what you're saying. I mean, we're talking $3,000 plus per unit here. Yeah. This is the the creme de la creme when it comes to finances of university students we're probably talking the top five or ten percent from income standpoint to be able to afford these monthly rents yeah, exactly. and to her point if you're affording these monthly rents you're probably driving not only a car but a, a, a quite a nice car at that yeah,
1: but, but and also though like these those people that can afford the rents i mean there's a lot of people who are who buy houses in our neighborhood over asking that are university parents of students Perf- and having
0: them for four years to house their kids yeah and then resell
1: yeah. and and i think a lot of those you know Know, it's just it's crazy what's happening here with real estate
0: do you feel and i i concur i concur that's folks ask it's one of the prominent ways we make our living here um i'll throw this to you do you like the direction where the charlottesville where charlottesville is going so you, 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 have different, yeah. you have a very unique perspective I think you can, you can offer here because you started as a grad student, now a family with two kids. Yeah. You want to call a neighborhood that is in the crossfire of gentrification and development your permanent home. Yeah. You did well in Belmont with real estate. Yeah. You had to take your business factory, and, and this Lumi shot, I'm like, you feel like loaded oh, actually, my God, I feel, I feel like- amazing. Dude, I swear to God, I'm not just saying this because you are here. This is instant energy. Do you not feel amazing, Judah? I feel effing amazing right now. Um, I sincerely mean that. Um, So you have great perspective you can offer here from, like, going from Darden student to, like, straight up family and businesswoman.
1: Well, I think I, well, and I built my own, I had the first integrated manufacturing facility that had juicing and high pressure processing under the same roof, Uh, in the entire United States wow! here in Charlottesville, Virginia. And I remember I started when I was 27, so like 10 10 years ago. I was a youngin. And, you know, I remember, like, I actually worked with the county, and Susan Steinmart was the head of economic development. Love Susan. She's amazing. She's amazing. I mean, she gets it. Amen to that. Yeah. She's, like, phenomenal. She
0: watches the show. She's come on the show. She's amazing. Good. She's, like,
1: one of my favorite people. And I would say that, like, getting my business off the ground, like, you know, I had to get a new piece of electricity, like, a huge transformer from Dominion Energy, and I like was kind of like, oh crap, what does this even mean? And Susan like got the head of Dominion, and I got my project moved up. Like great supporter, the county was really great, um, and I didn't really work with the city because my manufacturing business was in the county. I was worked a little bit with the Belmont Neighborhood Association when we were talking about getting that bridge built. That's still getting built. Yeah. Um, and so it's you been know, built. I've
0: been here twenty three years, and that thing's been in the works for twenty three years.
1: It, it worried me. Um, when I, ca- I moved away 2017, I came back 2020 during COVID. I was living in the Lower East Side of Manhattan and I had a one and a two year old and I decided if we should come back to Charlottesville. Okay. Um, my husband went to JMU and he was like, I'm never moving back to Virginia and here we are. So um, I would say there was a big cut in our police force and I think uh, I, that allocation of resources to our police force and training for mental health um, and de-escalation methods and like Uh different things that like you know we don't even we don't even have officers like or resource officers available to our high schools anymore i mean it's like that that concerns me i mean i'm i'm not for at all police brutality i'm here for police like how do we educate them and train them right i mean they're not even paid well like you a postal worker gets paid better than a police officer how do you expect them to do a great job if they don't have education to help them do a great job?
0: So so can you speak with confidence and conviction that Charlottesville's home for long, forever? Is this a forever home here?
1: I mean, I would like Virginia to be my forever home. You okay. know, I think, you know, ideally, I... I I would love to run for office one day, and so... You would kill it. I mean, like, do, you know, do I want to... Council.
0: I don't know. Oh, my goodness. There's a
1: lot of dangers on council. There's
0: a lot of... That's a landmine. That's a I, landmine on I, council. Would, I would support so I your support efforts on council.
1: the councilors for doing No,
0: down. no, no. I would support your efforts on council. I'm curious if your platform would align with voters in Charlottesville, but I think we need a voice in Charlottesville that's different from the commonplace. Um, and I think you would... I, I mean, frankly, you're fearless here. I mean, to be the head of a neighborhood association, a prominent one and a fluent one, speaking before council, on this show, yeah. in front of a lot of people, saying some of the stuff you're saying, it takes... My, my,
1: not all my views are the views of the neighborhood. I think we should clarify okay, that. No. I mean, when it comes to some stuff, I mean, yeah. yes.
0: It takes a lot of, uh, you know, courage to do what you're doing here. So, why... We talked about Charlottesville. How about Charlottesville from a small business standpoint and a growing a business standpoint? So I, not, you got a lot to say on this. Yeah, actually. I mean, a lot. Yeah.
1: I think Charlottesville is, is not is not a great place for small business, and Almar county turned away a lot of a lot of stuff that would have been great for small business. Unpack
0: um, that. What does that mean?
1: I mean, it's just so involved. I'm very far removed from it now. I my factory is in, in Philadelphia and now New Haven, Connecticut, and mm-hmm. um, and that's for a lot of reasons. So I think. I think honestly uva helps make charlottesville a great place to live because of it brings more culture in here it bring you know the paramount theater does a great job bringing shows and culture so does the jefferson i mean like we get a lot of good talent and shows that come through here um we we lack yeah there's there's i don't
0: not explain it well i john blair says the city needs to salute entrepreneurs like miss murray she's the type of person that makes charlottesville special i concur i think charlottesville i've been here 23 years um i went from a first year at the university of virginia where i was only interested in getting after it and having a good time to now uh, are, we, are
1: we going to virginia after this i
0: totally would i totally would <laughs> to now two kids a wife team members and a hell of a lot of responsibilities and I think in the 23 years of being here I've seen the city have changes that aren't necessarily for the best Um, I'm seeing uh, a transient population that's come to Charlottesville that is very much not committed to Charlottesville long term they just see headlines that you know wine enthusiasts number one riding region in the world or like best place to retire happiest place best place for music best place for restaurants and it's like a lot of folks that potentially do not have the the past term or the long term best interests of the community i also have found it to be like you know judas mentioned this many times the cost of living is is displacing oh, team members yeah. that businesses need yeah. to grow and food and beverage can speak to this uh, particular, they're having a hard time hiring within the community, and that's why a lot of these businesses are closing. So I'll, I'll, I'll wind down the interview by saying this for you: if you could make some changes to upzoning and the zoning code and development in the city, what would they be specifically?
1: It would be it would be putting all the upzoning on hold and focusing on infrastructure and transportation needs okay. uh, ahead of.
0: I 100% agree with that. Yeah. Keep going on that one.
1: I mean, that, that literally, like, I don't think we can talk about anything until we figure out how we are going to get water to everybody, how we're going to get everybody across the city, how we're going to get people to their jobs. Like, when my manufacturing facility was in Belmont, uh, in Woolen Mills, I had employees that lived um, in, there. there's a trailer park development there, they walked they walk to work or I'd pick them up to work. Uh-huh. It was easy, like, they, or in Woolen Mills in general, everyone that I employed could walk to work, um which was really important. And then they tried to rezone that to not be manufacturing anymore. And I was like, this is crazy. Like, this is a place that people can come and walk to work. Um, and I think in downtown, you're, you're, you know, they're trying to rezone some of the downtown places that are manufacturing right now to something different so they can build housing on it. And mm-hmm. I just am like, let's think of ways we can create more jobs that are not just fancy jobs behind a desk.
0: There it is. I thousand percent concur with that statement. Um, I thought you, you were fantastic.
1: Okay, thanks. Yeah.
0: Anything else you want to add?
1: Well, I was just going to say, like, a moment of silence for Will Ritchie because. Oh man. Yeah, because you were talking about restaurants, and like he's a really good supporter and entrepreneur and like someone that I, you know, the community respected and you know it was a really sad day.
0: Um, and we offered um, our thoughts on the passing of Wilson Ritchie on yesterday's show. Um, I would encourage all the viewers and listeners to check out the show yesterday. Um, I was very much uh, profoundly moved um, by his passing, and I concur uh, with Hillary that his impact will radiate and his legacy will be lasting in this community. Um, I want to thank you for your time.
1: Thank you. Absolutely. Love you,
0: mean it. Yep, yeah, same. Cheers. Love you, mean it. That's what Lumi is right here. Love Charlottesville, mean it. <laughs> same. I mean, one of our businesses, I Love Seaville. Judah Wickhauer, um, thank you for being the man behind the camera. That's the Wednesday edition of the I Love Seaville show. Um, our show today, Minana, which spotlights the Hispanic community, is tomorrow at 10.15 a.m. I Love Seville Show returns at 12.30 tomorrow. Kyle Miller, who highlights small businesses, at 2.15 tomorrow. And we are in the works of launching a brand new talk show on the I Love Seville Network as it expands on a month-to-month basis, guys. Thank you kindly for joining us. So long, everybody, and take care. It was excellent. He's going to let us know when the mics and cameras are off.